Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And I am staring at a copy of my Social Security statement. Do you have a copy of your Social Security statement in front of you? Well, if, if you don't have a copy of your Social Security statement, go to socialsecurity.gov, get signed up, and have them send you a copy of your Social Security statement. Now, why, why is this important? Because the majority of you within earshot of me are relying on Social Security as part of your retirement plan. Now, you may have not have sat down and really articulated how Social Security is going to fit in with your retirement earnings. Maybe you're in your 20s or your 30s. So Social Security is something that is way off in the distance. I mean, my, my retirement age to get my full Social Security retirement is age 67. That is still in the distant future for me. I mean, that's I'm 58 years of age. That's still nine years away. So so those of you in your 20s or 30s, I get it. I get it, man. I mean, trying trying to factor the Social Security thing is is well, it's kind of a problem, right? Because there's a lot of problems with the Social Security program. There is. Now, the Social Security program is run by the federal government. The federal government of the United States of America, and it's designed to provide retirement, disability, and survivor benefits to eligible individuals. What that means is if you have worked over your life and your employer has taken out self-employment taxes, or if you, well, it's not really self-employment, it's, re, it's really retirement taxes. That's, that's really what they are. I was thinking about the self-employed person that not only pays half, but they pay the whole thing. Oh, you don't know how that works? Oh, okay. Let me explain it to you. So if you work for somebody else, traditionally, the way you pay your social security taxes is you pay half and your employer pays half. Yeah, that's that's what's going on in the background. So in your employer's mind, they're actually paying you more in the form of wages because there's an additional tax that they have to pay to have you as an employee. Yeah, it's and, and that's not tax that is applied to your income stream. So it doesn't even show up on your payroll statement. Do you understand that, right? OK, now, if you're self-employed, the bigger challenge if you're self-employed is you get to pay both sides. It works out to be 15.3% for Social Security and Medicare. So if you're self-employed, right off the bat, any earnings, any profits that you make in your business are taxed immediately at 15.3%. And then, of course, you get the benefit of also paying whatever your ordinary tax rate is. So self-employed people really take on a, a bigger burden for taxation than people that work for somebody else. They also have the responsibility of making sure that the organization runs correctly because they're self-employed. If they destroy their business, they'll be out of business and they'll probably be working for somebody else like a lot of you are doing. Now, I'm not picking on you if you're self-employed and I'm not picking on you if you work for somebody else. I have done both of those things in my life, so I understand exactly where you're coming from. But here's the problem with Social Security. One of the biggest challenges facing the Social Security program is the fact that the number of re retirees 
Yeah, those those are the people that meet the acid test for age. In other words, they, they get to a certain age and they become eligible to draw their Social Security benefits. The number of retirees is increasing while the number of workers paying into the Social Security system is decreasing. Yeah. So now think about that. Your your revenue outflows are greater than your revenue inflows. And, and that's part of the problem with Social Security is it relies on a on a pool of new people, so to speak, paying into the system so that the system can pay the people that have achieved retirement. Now, you would think that Social Security was a, a trust fund, right? Yeah, a trust fund. But the problem with that trust fund is Congress has, over time, stuck their fingers in the pie. They've stuck their fingers in the pie. They've borrowed from the Social Security program and haven't repaid it, or they've utilized funds from the Social Security program that were not used to pay a retiree or a disability person or a survivor benefits person. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a problem. You, you would think that if you paid a dollar in on your first year of Social Security, that that, that dollar would be sitting in an account, kind of like your 401k, right? You think the Social Security is like your 401k, and it's not. It's not. It's just it's a slush fund of money that re- relies on our population growing. It does. It relies on our population growing. Now, here's here's another problem. The fact that the birth rate has been declining for many years and the baby boom generation is reaching retirement age. Baby boomers are people that were born in 1964, which happens to be the year I was born, and earlier. They're all getting to retirement age. I'm actually the last year group that was included in the baby boomer generation. If I'd been born in 1965, I'd be in in the next classification. To be honest with you, I don't like being classified, but that's just one way to explain it. So there's a lot of people older than me that are reaching retirement age. And because maybe they didn't have a great result when it came to retirement. Maybe their 401k was not enough money for them to fully retire on. They need that social security payment in order to bolster what the 401k pays because they're thinking about leaving the workforce. And it wouldn't surprise me if the social security administration uh, somewhere in the future provides documentation Uh, to Congress that says maybe we ought to have a sliding scale where we phase out certain beneficiaries based on the fact they have other streams of income. It wouldn't surprise me at all. And here's why. One of the other problems that Social Security is, is dealing with, and this is a big one, people are living longer. I don't know what your age is. I I always throw ages out. Maybe in your 20s, your 30s. Okay, yada, yada, gotcha. But whatever your age is, you probably have an inclination as to what your retirement benefits would be, right? Now, ironically, 29% of all Americans don't live until the age of retirement. Did you know that? They, they actually pass away before they get to an age where they can start drawing Social Security benefits. I'm not making that up. I got that out of the 2015 uh, census data that the government produces. So think about it. 29 out of every 100 people will never live long enough to request their Social Security benefits. Yet, I'm pretty confident that they will have been paying into Social Security. All right, so that's 29%. Oh, by the way, I noticed something on my Social Security statement that that 
caught me off guard because you've heard me say on this radio show many, many, many times that I believe my full retirement age is 65. But my current Social Security statement tells me that my full retirement age is actually 67. And it's based on my birthday. So I don't know where I lost two years, but but somewhere along the line, I lost two years. But let's get back to this this concept of people are living longer. So if 29% of Americans are dying off before they even get an opportunity to request Social Security benefits, that tells me that, what, 71% of Americans do request them. 71% of Americans make it to that age of retirement. Maybe it's the age of 62 where they take a reduced benefit. Maybe it's the age of 70 where they take a maximum benefit. Maybe it's their actual retirement age, which mine happens to be 67, and they take a benefit. But once they start taking that benefit, they're living longer. So what that does is that puts an additional strain on the system and it makes it more difficult to meet its financial obligations. Because here's here's the thing that we don't know about anybody. Medical science can't tell you this. Uh, your astrologer can't tell you this. There's nothing printed on your left hip that indicates you have an expiration date. You could be taken out of life at any moment. Only God knows your true lifespan. For those of you that believe in God, you know that that's a true statement. For those of you that don't believe in God, don't sweat it. No problem. If you're living longer, let's say somebody lives to the age of 90 and they've been paying into Social Security their entire life. But when you think about the dollar 30, 40, 50 years ago, it had a much bigger buying capability than the dollar does today. So the value of the dollar has eroded over the lifespan of that person, yet they've lived to the age of 90. And chances are that if you corrected all the dollars and, and you snapped them all back to, say, a 1972 standard, in 1972, the United States, as well as the rest of the world, for, for what I know, shifted from a gold standard to an international monetary standard. So when that happened, economists made a decision that they would compare all dollar values based on that 1972 standard. So when you think about it, dollars today, they just don't buy what dollars bought in 1972. Now, Take a look at your wage rate. People look at their wage rate and they say, wow, you know, I'm, I'm making more money. I'm making more money. But that money gets eroded by inflation. And that inflation is affecting the Social Security program. Because one of the things that's built into the Social Security program is something called a COLA. And, and it's not Coke or Pepsi or RC or any of those kind of COLAs. It is a cost of living adjustment. So what that means is like all other beneficiary programs, like, like I receive a military retirement, it is, it is subject to a COLA also. What that COLA is designed to do is to look back into the previous year and determine how much inflation has affected the buying power of the recipients. So what do they do? At the beginning of the following year, they give you a COLA increase on your Social Security benefits. I think that the COLA that was issued was somewhere around eight and a half, maybe nine percent. So you think about an eight and a half or a nine percent increase in the amount of money that you're paying out to somebody based on the fact they didn't pay that much money into the system over the lifespan of 
their working years. Does it starting to make sense to you? So, so now the cost to pay these beneficiaries is, is rising. It's going up. And these people are living longer lives. They're, they're not dying at the age of 70 or the age of 75. They're living till their 80s and possibly their 90s. I've been seeing on the news people that are being celebrated that are living to the age of 100 and even older. I, I remember seeing some the news showcasing a gentleman who was a World War II veteran. I think he was 112 years of age. If you sat down and you figured out how much he paid into Social Security and compare it to how much money he's been drawing from Social Security, I think you're going to find a big imbalance there. But I'm not saying you should take that gentleman's Social Security benefits away, but I am saying the Social Security program in of itself is a broken program. It is a flawed program, and it is operated by Congress, which doesn't necessarily do a good job of anything. When we come back from the break, I'm going to tell you about the year 2035. You want to listen to this. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Right now, we're coming upon a great opportunity. It's that time in which you're going to find that the marketplace is changing and it is shifting to a buyer's market away from a seller's market. Number one, the brokers don't want you to know that. They're going to do everything they can do to keep you from believing the truth. Number two, the sellers don't want to believe it, although in the back of their minds, they know it. Now, that doesn't mean everybody will crater for you, but some people are going to be in those situations where they have to negotiate for deals, and you've got to be there. Now, if you're not there, you won't get one. Join us for the free online workshop and we'll show you how to be in the right place at the right time in any market cycle. Register at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. That's LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, I guess, I guess you could say I'm, I'm kind of bashing on Social Security. I mean, it, it sounds like it, doesn't it? Sounds like I'm, I'm not a huge fan, and I'm not. I'm really not a huge fan of Social Security. I have learned in my real estate investing timeline that Social Security, to me, is something that may be paid to me in the future. And if it is, I'm not going to turn it down. I mean, the way I look at it is, yeah, I was taxed my entire life, my entire working life, and that money went into the Social Security fund. Now, it wasn't held in an account for me, an individual account with Al Gordon's name on it. No, it went into a giant pool of money and then was immediately repurposed to pay a recipient. The American Social Security program itself is, is a federal program that provides retirement, disability, and survivor benefits to eligible individuals. And that's, that's the problem I have is I think there are ineligible people receiving benefits. What I want to talk about 
is information that comes from the Social Security Administration's latest projections. Yeah, you know what they're projecting? That the program's trust funds are projected to be exhausted in 2035. Let me say that again. The program's trust funds are projected to be exhausted in 2035, at which point payroll taxes would only be sufficient to cover about 77% of the scheduled benefits. What that means is, okay, what, what year is it now? 2023? Okay, in 12 years, that's a dozen years from now, the program will have paid out every dollar that it had been accumulating over the years. Every dollar will have been exhausted. It's gone. The coffer is empty. Kind of like your 401k if you outlive it, by the way. The, the coffer is empty. And now the only income streams that are coming into the Social Security program are the income streams that are generated by the people that are still working. So how do you choose which 23% of beneficiaries you're not going to pay? How many people in their elderly years are going to get a letter from the United States government that says, we're sorry, we're out of funds. Maybe you ought to go work for Walmart and be a greeter. Okay, it probably won't be as crass as that, but that's the point I'm making. And, and here's the problem. The 401k pro- program itself, it's, it's the same kind of Ponzi scheme. It really is. If, if you think about your 401k, it is based on you working, 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 saving money, not investing. I didn't use the word investing. I use the word saving money because that's what you're doing. You're really saving money. You're not actively investing. You're, you're very, very passively investing. And the problem with your passive investment compared to my passive investment is that you don't know what you're invested in. I know exactly what I'm invested in. Okay, but let's get back to that 401k. You're paying money in and maybe your employer's matching the money. And, and your employer's really cool with that because back in 1978, they absolved themselves. Actually, it was 1980. They absolved themselves of, of all responsibility to pay you a pension because they figured out that the 401k program that went into existence in 1978 was their get out of jail free card. All of a sudden, they didn't have to pay for employees that had worked for 20 or however many years that weren't producing anything for the company anymore. That was the problem with the pensions. So now you shift the burden from the employer to the employee via the 401k. And now it's, it's your problem. You do have an individual retirement account, so to speak. Okay. In your 401k, it's not an IRA. You can't combine, can't combine the two. That's not what I'm saying. My point is it's, it's an account with your name on it. Okay, so it's not like the Social Security Trust Fund where everything gets like sloshed in there and and commingled around. It's it's actually your money, but you're not allowed to touch it. You're not allowed to use it. You're not allowed to do anything to further your retirement potential, you know, like investing in real estate. Now, technically, you can invest in real estate through a 401k. I think what's really important is that you understand there is a much more effective way for you to invest in your real estate that has nothing to do with that 401k. And and here's why. Every dollar that you earn in that investment has to go back into that 401k. You can't use that money to retire yourself. Let's say you've got enough assets in the 401k that it's it's producing, I don't know, $5,000 a month. You're, you're making $5,000 a month in passive income, okay? And it's all going right back into that 401k. You could use that $5,000 worth of income if it was outside of the 401k to retire yourself. 
Now think about it. What does it cost you to operate your household? $4,000, $5,000, $6,000 a month? I don't know. You, you figure it out. It's your household. But if you had $5,000 coming into your household and it only cost you $5,000 to operate your household, you could effectively retire yourself right now. Yeah. So all of you that are investing through your 401k, you need to get into Lifestyles Unlimited and you need to let us teach you how to do this correctly so that you can repurpose those investments. You can start getting all the benefits of those investments coming to you instead of going to your 401k where you can't touch it until you reach what, 59 and a half without penalty. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Here's the other thing. For those of you that are married, we have vendors that specialize in helping you get your money out of the 401k without paying the penalty. There are a number of potential solutions that have been proposed to address the financial challenges facing the Social Security program. And they're proposing raising that tax. Are they going to raise it 1%? Are they going to raise it are they going to raise it 3%? Now those those numbers may seem very small. And you may feel that, well, I could absorb that, that increase, especially as I'm making more money, I can absorb that little bit of increase. If they increase the payroll taxes, this will bring more money to the program, which would help to ensure that there's enough money to pay benefits in the future. Okay. So one solution is just tax you more. Okay. Another solution is to reduce your benefits. So in other words, instead of paying you, say, I don't know, let's see, I'm, I'm going to look at my Social Security statement, and my Social Security statement says that if I retire at the full retirement age of 67, I would make almost $3,000. So let's use that number, $3,000. How much are you going to reduce my $3,000 by? I don't know. Now, the government will, will probably start with like a 1% or 2% because that seems like it's, it's insignificant. I mean, you think about it, 1% of $3,000 is what, 30 bucks? It's it's kind of it's kind of small in the bigger picture of things, right? So you think, ah, okay, they took thirty bucks away. I, I can't go to Starbucks on Mondays and Wednesdays next week. Okay, that's that's kind of what you think, and then the government thinks, well, maybe two percent is better. If if they're not going to notice thirty dollars c- coming out, maybe sixty dollars coming out, they won't notice that either. But sixty dollars, well, you start to notice that, and you get to ten percent. Well, that's three hundred bucks. Now all of a sudden you were making three thousand dollars. Now you're only making. but your expenses in life didn't go down. When you went to the grocery store, did they reduce the overall cost of your groceries by 10% because Social Security is going to reduce your payment by 10%? Highly unlikely, isn't it? Highly unlikely. What, What about your cost for fuel? What about your cost for housing? What about your cost for utilities? Nobody's reducing their costs, are they? But Social Security is proposing potentially as a solution to reduce your benefits. They say this would decrease the amount of money that the program has to pay out, which would help keep the program solvent. Yeah, because really it's it's all about the program. It's not about the beneficiaries. It's not about the people paying in. It's about the program, keeping the program solvent. Now, there's there's a third solution out there that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to charge you more in taxes, or will reduce your benefit. Because both of those, I mean, you think about it. If you're a politician and you're proposing those ideas, those are not popular ideas. People do not like politicians saying, I'm going to raise your taxes, or I'm going to reduce your benefit. 
No, that's not what people want to hear. People want to hear, I'm going to increase your benefit while reducing your taxes. And everybody goes, yeah, vote for that guy, right? And then what does that guy do? That guy gets into office and what does he do? He raises your taxes and reduces your benefits. And that's, that's just the way the American political system works. But there is a third solution out there. You ready for this? Let's just raise the retirement age. That means that people would have to wait longer to collect the benefits, which would reduce the amount of money that the program pays out. So instead of saying that my retirement age is, say, age of 67, they would say your retirement age is age of 70. Now, I'm looking at my Social Security statement, and they're giving me dollar amounts for if I retire at my max or my, my maximum age, which is 67, I make almost $3,000 a month. If I retire at the age of 62 and take a reduced benefit, I make slightly over $2,000 a month. And if I wait until my maximum age of retirement of age 70, they would pay me about $3,700 per month. So you know what, what I did? I just actually kind of, I don't even, I don't care about the fact that they're talking about raising the ages of social security because I'm not banking on social security as part of my retirement program. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at my maximum age of retirement, age 70. It says I would make, based on their estimates, if, if I were age 70 right now, I would make $3,709 a month in, in social security benefits. Guess what? I'm making more than that in passive income right now. I'm making a lot more than that in passive income. So I'm not reliant upon Social Security. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of toying with the idea of, well, do I take my benefit at the age of 62 and only draw about $2,074? Do I wait to the age of 70 and draw $3,709? So, you know, I did, I did a little analysis. And, and here's what I found out. If, if I elect to wait to the age of 70 to retire, which means I could collect a benefit at the age of 62. That benefit would be $2,074. If I elect to avoid that benefit and, and, and not take that money, and I wait till the age of 70 so that I can take a payment of $3,709, I will have left almost $200,000 of Social Security benefits on the table because that's $200,000 of revenue stream coming into my household that I elected not to receive because I'm waiting to the age of 70 because I want my maximum social security benefit. And then I said, okay, let's say I wait till the age of 70. How long would I have to live to recoup that $200,000 now that I have a new higher benefit? And you want to know what my result was? 10.4 years, 10.4 years. Okay. Let me give you my family history. My grandfather, one of them died at the age of 47. The other one died in his late 50s. My father died at the age of 75. My mother died at the age of 75. How long do you think I'm going to live? I don't know if I'm going to make it to 80. I really don't. My health is not the best in the world. The army beat the snot out of my body, and I'm, I'm dealing with the effects of it. I mean, I've got all kinds of physical problems going on. So I don't know if I'm going to make it to the age of 80. But that's the problem, isn't it? People that are looking to Social Security are being forced to make decisions, life decisions, about how long they think they're going to live. And most of them are not informed enough to understand all the minutiae about, well, if I take payment now, if I take payment letter later, blah, 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 blah. 
Okay, so when it comes to Social Security, when when I'm getting ready to turn the age of 62, I'll take a look at what the benefit is and I'll make a decision as to whether I start taking that benefit now or I wait another year or I wait another two years or I wait the full eight years that they want me to wait so that I can take my maximum benefit at the age of 70. And then I can wait 10.4 years until I recoup all of the money that I didn't take because I didn't elect to take Social Security at the age of 62. Let me tell you what's going to happen to me at the age of 62. I'm 58 right now. I will be investing in even more apartment communities. All of the apartment communities that I'm currently invested in now will have been disposed of. They will have been sold. That's what I mean by disposed. It's not like I'm taking my assets and throwing them in the street. That's not what I'm doing. I We will sell the assets. We will collect all of the proceeds that we make. The the assets that I'm invested in have a doubling effect at about the three-year mark. So I'll be the age of 61. Once I get all of that money back for every apartment building that I sold, I will look to invest in two to replace it, two to replace it. I'll be the age of about 61 when all of this goes down. So I'll be fully, in, fully invested in, in all the assets that I need to dispose to dispense my money. Yeah, dispense. I did a dumb word, right? But that's the word I chose. I will dispense my money into all of these different assets. And then when I turn the age of 62, these assets are going to be pouring in even more passive income than I get right now. And I already told you I receive more in passive income today than what my maximum social security benefit would be at the age of 70. So I'm actually in this really unique place where I'm worried that the federal government might decide to phase me out. They might start looking at, well, Al, we've been looking at everything you've been doing with this passive investing, and we have concluded that you don't need your money. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that the government may say, Al, you make too much money, and therefore your your Social Security benefit, it is eliminated because you make too much money. In which case, that absolutely make social security a tax because it is money that was taken from me from a very, I mean, I started paying into social security at the age of 16. That's when I got my first job at the age of 16. And I have been literally working ever since, except for the 10 months where I tried to retire from the United States army back in 2014. And I tried to live off of a pension that was paying me one third of what I used to make. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And that's part of the reason that I joined Lifestyles Unlimited, because I had to get back into the workforce. So I have been paying into Social Security. I am looking at my earnings history on Social Security. They know exactly how much money I have paid in. And it goes all the way back to 1980 when I first started paying into Social Security. In 1980, I turned the age of 16. I was legally old enough to work. And I was legally old enough to receive a paycheck, and I was legally old enough to pay into Social Security. And at that time, whatever money I paid in, it went to some senior citizen. Okay, Social Security, man, I'll tell you, if you're banking on it, not the right thing to do. What you need to do is get into Lifestyles Unlimited, attend one of our free workshops, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, and let's get you going. 
Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.